Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. All right, welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. Today we have a guest that I'm excited to hear from. It's Becca Ribbing. Welcome, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to being on this one. Yeah. So Becca is the author of the Clarity Journal, and she's been a coach for over a decade. And she helps people break out of their struggle cycles, especially women, helping women to create some clarity on what they want to do and then forward movement and momentum to get going. So this is something all of us moms and and wives and ladies could use some help on. Um, She's going to talk particularly today about a subject that I think holds back a lot of moms, um, and that is to pursue your dreams even with children in your life. <laughs> so I, I mean, we can both relate, right? You have children. Right. Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> definitely. It is, you have? I have two, I have a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. Okay. Awesome. I have five boys, so it's fun around here. <laughs> I have two boys and it's oh, cool. a lot. So I'm sitting here like trying to imagine like multiplied. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of noise. <laughs> it is. It is. You just learn to expect noise. Cause then if it's quiet, it's awkward or weird. It's like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> what, where, what are they doing? Right. I'm sure you have that too. <laughs> what are they up to? It's too quiet. Yep. Too yeah. quiet. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about this topic. And I asked Becca to talk particularly about this one because just in the last little bit, um, you know, I'm a coach too. And, and I, you know, we, we hold this podcast and we, we have all these things going on, you know, as moms, we just have our careers, we have our kids, we have our, you know, every day keeping track of the little details and getting our kids to where they need to go and then cleaning house and doing laundry and all those things. And sometimes it's easy to just say, well, I have kids. I can't pursue my, my goals or my dreams. Or like in, in my case, it was probably about a month ago, I had a situation where I was driving to a conference and super excited about it. And I was like, literally stopped. Uh, I got a flat tire. It was pouring rain for like hours. Like I didn't even bring a jacket. So I had, I talked a little about this on the podcast a couple of weeks back, but in this circumstance, I was like, just totally stopped. And it was just this time to be still and just listen. And it was kind of cool, but it was also like, okay, what do I need to shift? What do I need to change in my life? And the message that came to me was, okay, you've been going like 80 miles an hour. Cause I've had my husband and I have both been home. We've both been, you know, you know, I have my, my job and things. He also works on our apartments and stuff, but he's actually transitioning to start working a little bit more outside the home. And I just had this, this universe stop me moment <laughs> where it was like, okay, next, you know, I'm stopping you to let you know that you're not going to go 80 miles an hour anymore. You're going to go 50 and that's okay. Like you're going to have this little donut tire for a little bit 
and that's okay. Like you just need to focus in on some other things and you still can work on your goals, but you're not going to go 80 miles an hour. You're going to go 50 miles an hour now. And so that was a really interesting experience for me. And so when I saw that you teach on this, I'm like, oh yeah, Becca, sign me up. Cause I want to hear about this. And I'm sure all moms want to hear about how they can continue to work on themselves and make themselves a priority, make their dreams a priority, even while raising kids. Yeah. It's such a deep conversation because there's so much nuance to it, right? It's a lot different if you have a five-month-old than like a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I think what you were talking about with the car analogy, I I know so many people, so many moms that they've ha- totally overloaded themselves. And as soon as one thing goes wrong, it mm-hmm. feels like the universe is just not in your corner. Like it feels like you Mm -hmm. just can't get it all done because you've actually put too much on yourself. So I would like to preface what I am about to say with recognizing where you are in life. Like none of this is meant to be stressful or add to your burdens, but also it is meant to start thinking more about yourself. I think we spend so much time worrying about our kids' happiness and our kids' problems. And let's face it, this last year and a half, our kids have had a lot of problems, you know, we've <laughs> and we've had a lot of problems and everyone's had a lot of problems and it's been really stressful. And I think that it's been very easy in the last year and a half to just give up and be like, okay, I'm just getting through today. Mm-hmm. Day-to-day living. Day-to-day living. (laughs) But at a very real level, like as we come out of this, as, as we go back to some sort of normal, like being able to really refocus on yourself and get away from the constant struggle of, I just have to get through today and be able to prioritize yourself and not just in a I'm going to go take a bubble bath sort of way, but in a really deep, satisfying way of like, what are my goals? What are my dreams? Because I think that a lot of times we have, I think a lot of times we talk to women about self-care, like, you know, you open up a Vogue and there's going to be at least one article about 50 things you can do to like, take care of yourself first. (laughs) And (laughs) And I I really love the hot baths. So, (laughs) and I love the hot baths too, but hot bath, when you get out of the hot bath, you might still have the crappy job and your phone may have blown up with yeah. all sorts of texts from your boss. Like, so being able yeah. to really recognize the deeper needs is important. So as I started out saying, it's really depends on where you are in this cycle of having kids. But I think that one of the things that I see often is I will listen to a woman who is talking about having kids and they're talking to me about changing jobs and they're trying to decide whether they should change jobs or whether they should stick with this job to get the maternity leave, but stick with this job that they hate. And then they're going to job search on maternity leave or they'll job search when the baby's six months old. And it starts the cycle of there's always going to be a better stage to start looking for something new. And what you don't realize when you're pregnant, even though everyone tells you, is you are literally not going to have time to job search while you're on maternity leave. There is a reason why people get maternity leave. You need that time. And assuming you are living in 
you know, a play, I mean, I'm in the US, so we get very little maternity leave. I guess my assumption about this probably isn't right. If you're in Scandinavia and you get a year, you probably yeah. could job search by the end of that yeah. year. <laughs> but if you're going back to work six weeks or three months after your baby's born, it's a little you're not going to be job searching during that time. Mm-hmm. So I think that though it gets this, us on this track of always putting our needs behind the kids' needs. The immediate needs, right? The ones that the are immediate, so loud. <laughs> the ones that are so loud. Oh my gosh, they are so loud. And and their needs are so heartfelt, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are a good mom, you are attuned to your kid, and their needs are screaming at you literally. Like even if they're not screaming at you, they're crying or they're so excited about wanting to do something. And it just they just want to show you something, right? Oh my gosh. I, it's like, mom, this is the coolest thing ever. Make this happen for me, please. And it's hard not to get sucked into their energy. And maybe that's kind of a bad way of saying that now I sound like a bad mom, but it's hard not to start getting pulled along with them when you are also on your own journey and you are going to be able to be more present for them. If you are happy in your job. You're going to be more present for them if you can not feel so overloaded all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's like a really big realization that a lot of women kind of sort of get, but really need to get is understand that you are doing absolutely no one any favors if you're unhappy with what you are doing, because you just aren't giving of yourself the way that you could easier if you liked what you were doing. So it's really a matter of being mindful. I think to me, mm-hmm. it's a matter of actually noticing when you're snapping at your family, I'm snapping at my family. Am I really Why? upset? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's like, and is it really about the towel on the floor or is it about my complete overwhelm and unhappiness and the towel on the floor is triggering it because at a certain level, it's safer. It's easy to see that towel and be like, that's not okay. Yeah. But it's, but if it's triggering more then it's on the floor and that's not okay. If it's triggering all these big emotions in you, then those big emotions really need to be explored. And I don't think we give ourselves the time. And I also think we see all these other moms and all the Instagram, you know, happy, smiley faces. Perfect. Like picture perfect. (laughs) Look at me. I'm airbrushed and my hair looks gorgeous. And my children are adorably playing on the floor. Well, I type my book, like that's not real life. And we are kind (laughs) of inundated with this real, not real dichotomy and we mm-hmm. intuitively know it's not real life, but I talk to people so much about this because because I'm a coach, it's kind of like my party trick. I go to a party and everyone tells me all the things that are going on in their life. Like they tell me like their boss sucks. They tell me all these, like it, I think part of it's like, Oh, I can get 20 minutes of free coaching. And I actually really enjoy it, but I feel like I get to see more of the real side of people than most other people get to see. And it's easy to tell yourself that's happening, but if you don't actually see it, then it doesn't really, it doesn't really seem like it's happening to everyone. But I would say almost every woman right now is struggling with this. Like what, how do I make this balance work? How do I 
really follow my dreams yeah. when I'm overloaded. And I like what you said too about, you know, sometimes, you know, that was one of the, the things that I had read that you, you teach about is how self-care, <clears throat> excuse me, self-care can actually be like a, a crutch or whatever, like to like a band-aid. Yeah. Um, which self-care I love. I'm not dogging on self-care at all, but I thought that was interesting because we do need to get to the bottom of what's going on with ourselves. And a lot of times we neglect our relationship with ourself. And so it feels good for a minute to put on our makeup, have that hot bath, go get a pedicure or a massage or whatever. But then the real, real issue might be that we're ignoring messages to us. Like we're numb to hearing the messages of our body or numb to hearing the messages of our soul. That's like saying, Hey, I want something more. I want something fulfilling. I want, um, you know, pay attention to me kind of a thing. And I think sometimes when we're busy with all those other needs and, you know, patterns of disappointment in our life or feeling like we're not enough or not worthy, then that can be it can be hard to be true to us because it's just messy. There's just so much like that overwhelm feels very messy. Well, and I like likening self-care to a band-aid because it really works both in the positive sense and the negative sense. Like a band-aid, if you have a little cut, a band-aid's great. Like it protects that cut. It lets it heal. It gives it a little space and time to scab over and heal and not get any dirt in it. And self-care is a lot is the same thing. Like if you are, if there's just a little thing that's bugging you going and taking a bubble bath is going to help heal that. However, if you have like a big gaping wound, a little like one inch by three inch bandaid isn't going to be able not to. Not enough attention. Yeah. It's not <laughs> enough coverage. It's not enough coverage. Exactly. And so I think that for me, part of this as a mom is recognizing that you are teaching your kids through your example. And so if your kids are seeing you really stressed out and not really liking what you're doing, you are leading by example. You are leading, if you have girls, you're leading them to believe they should be doing the same thing as they grow up. But if you're raising boys, you're teaching that them to expect that of their partner. And either way, it's not a good thing to be teaching your, your children. And it's more empowering for them. If they hear their mom talking about loving their job, like how much more likely are they going to be to actually seek out and find a job they love versus if the constant dialogue is, Oh, I don't want to do it. Like I have to go. I don't like my boss, all these different things. If this is the constant drumbeat in their family, it's harder for them to break out of that so if you yeah. need a reason to do this and you feel selfish, think of your children, <laughs> think of your children, because I think yeah. a lot of times we do, we, it's like, oh, we have to put the children first. We have to put the children first, but this is in a huge way, actually putting your children first by letting yourself really still have your own dreams because let's, we had our, you know, whether you had your kids at 20 or 40, you're still too young to give up on your dreams. Mm -hmm. And so I think that even having the space to recognize that you're not happy with what you're doing can, that realization can really help you 
just to get started. Like, I'm not saying you have to go pound pavement and get a job within two months, but set deadlines and goals for yourself, because I think it's really easy for us to just lose sight. Like, okay, well, Johnny had a cold this month. We had to quarantine for COVID next month. Like we lose, we lose our time. And the thing that is the saddest for me in coaching, the only time where I actually get sad, I think in coaching is when I work with someone who's in their early sixties and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Because a lot of times it's women and they've given of themselves so much for so long. And now they're feeling more empowered and they want to take for themselves and they want to do for themselves. But then they feel stuck because it's like, oh, well, I'm only going to be doing this for five or 10 years. Like, is it worth it? Is it like they have all these excuses even still? And there is no time like the present. Like there is, it, and it doesn't have to be even, even like, do I absolutely adore my job? But am I being taken advantage of in my job? I know a lot of people listening to this probably are people pleasers and run into the problem where their boss is putting more and more on them because they never say no. And if you never say no, if you never say no to your boss, if you never say no to your husband, if you never say no to your kids, they're just going to keep your life. (laughs) They're going to run your life. They're going to keep taking because you haven't said no, you haven't created loving boundaries and you are going to eventually burn out. Um, And that's not good for anyone. Yeah. So I love this idea of how beautiful it can be to establish healthy patterns for your kids and your spouse by you being the one to go first, you being like, okay, what makes me more happy? You know, maybe my thing is not being a secretary at this place. Maybe my thing is reaching out and working with people more individually or whatever, whatever your thing is. But, um, what's, so the first step is probably realizing that, Hey, I want to move forward. Um, do you have any other like tool or tip or, help for like moving forward on that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I wrote the clarity journal to help people move forward on that. So I'm a really big believer in like asking yourself the questions. And so if you're really stuck with that, but what do I want to do? Cause I think a lot of people get like, are like, okay, I need a change, but now what, what's the change or how do I, make what's it the change? <laughs> and, yeah. and we all know someone who every time you talk to them, they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You hear that constant drumbeat of, I don't know if you are finding yourself in that, or if you're just not totally sure and haven't made a decision, it really helps to have outside help, either coaching. If you've been in that space for a really long time, but even like a really good self-help book or a really good podcast that just gets you thinking a little bit outside of your own questions uh, I think that it creates those aha moments when you are just going over it and over it in your own mind without changing the pattern, you get stuck in the question. And so I think that when you are really trying to figure out what you want to do, getting yourself out of the patterns that created the question, starting to be really confident in I don't know what the answer is, but I am seeking the answer. I am going to do, figure out these three things to start working on the answer. And one of the things I often talk to people about is if you want to do something that's totally different, if you want to switch industries, if you are trying to get a totally different job, 
you don't have the experience to really know exactly what you're doing. And there's a lot of starting friction there. And there's a lot of decision fatigue because you aren't really sure and you don't have the experience to very, to quickly make those decisions. So I talk to a lot about people talk, I talk to my clients a lot about reaching out to people. I think we are very much feeling like we need to have the answer within ourselves before we talk to anyone. And even if you don't have the money for a coach, you can reach out on LinkedIn to let 10 people that are doing what you think you might want to be doing. And I can guarantee you, if you reach out to 10 people on LinkedIn with a nice email, basically saying, I am thinking about doing what you do. Would you mind if I pick your brain? At least two or three of them are going to respond. Sure. I'd be happy to. Now, seven of them are going to ignore you because you hit them at the wrong week. They're overloaded. They're busy. Yeah. They're busy. <laughs> and that's fine. You don't have to get everyone. And I think we feel very, we almost feel rejected on those seven. Right. right? We feel and like, oh, were they judging us? No, they probably didn't even open your email. Yeah. <laughs> they probably saw like the little snippet and we're like, I don't have time for this. So no one was judging. I have yet to have someone get a nasty gram having done this. And so I think that the building your support system, whether it's, you know, like reading the clarity journal, going through the book, the books there, but going through the questions, there are a lot of different books that are aimed for helping you kind of figure out what you're going to do with your life. But the biggest thing is to take a step back and start really analyzing it from what steps you actually can take now. Because I think that we get stuck, so we're not sure. So we're not gonna write the resume. We're not sure how to write the resume. So we're not gonna do it until we're sure about how to write the resume. We're not going to job search until this project is over with because I'd be leaving my coworkers high and dry if I got a job right now. So maybe in six months I will take action or and put I think, off making our webpage or, or right. Is. I mean, it, it was really funny yesterday. I got on a podcast with this great guy and I was a little intimidated because you know, he's a um, fitness coach and he's like, his resume is ridiculous. Like he's worked with all these stars. He's in LA, like, <laughs> And he comes on before we even start talking and he's like, okay, so I love this idea and I'm stuck. So what we're really going to do on this podcast is you're going to coach me. And (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, great. Here we go. Here we go. And it was really funny because this is also a guy that had built a really successful business and now is feeling stuck in it. And I was just like, everyone is stuck. Everyone gets it doesn't matter what they make. It doesn't matter what their income is, where they live, who they're married to. Everyone gets stuck. (laughs) Well, and also everyone needs growth. And that's why we get stuck because when we need to hit the next level of growth, it's uncomfortable. We don't know how. And so everyone gets stuck because we grow and whatever answer you come up with for yourself right now is not going to be your answer in three years. In three years, it's going to be boring again. And you're going to need to grow again. And that is fine. Like like, if you can embrace that, you'll be able to continue the momentum a lot better because you will just be expecting it. You're not going to be disappointed when the boss doesn't give you the promotion you want. You're just going to know, Hey, I didn't get that promotion. It's time to start looking. 
Yeah. I think that also a lot of times we want to take the easy way out because that's just kind of how our brain is wired. We don't want to exert energy that we don't need to. Yeah. But if you're not getting to where you want to be, or if you're not even really sure where you want to be, try taking a step back and looking at it from a different way. Like what could you do? One of my favorite questions in the clarity journal, and maybe this will jar some people's uh, thoughts loose is who do you envy? And what does that tell you about yourself? Mm, and just, that's a good one. I like it's it Good to have a model to look after. So I like that question because then it helps you pinpoint what is it exactly that I'm liking about what this other person has or what they're doing. Right. Cause we don't envy everyone. You don't envy every coach or every podcaster. There's like specific people where you look at them and you're kind of like, Oh, that would be really nice. So what is it about their life, about their career? What resonates with you? And that actually tells you a lot about who you want to be. And I think if you can really like start exploring that and exploring the, I mean, one of the reasons why I love that question also is because it's a little subversive. Like we are as women taught to, we and men do this too, but we're taught not to feel negative emotion. We're taught, oh, that's bad. That makes me a bad person. Like I shouldn't feel envy. So we push it away instead of learning from it. And what you were talking about earlier today about like we ignore our body. Like we get mm-hmm. so ingrained in ignoring what our body is telling us. Well, that's because we're pushing away our negative emotions. We're pushing away the negative feelings, both physical and mental, because they don't make us feel good because they are make us actually seem bad because other people have told us in our childhood, especially it's bad that to be angry. It's, it's bad, bad to be angry. It's bad to be sad. It's, it's bad, bad yeah. to be mad. It's bad. And quite frankly, it's bad to have boundaries. Like you try to have a bound boundary and when you're it's a kid, not nice. it's not, it's nice not nice. People know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the more you can actually like notice them and start embracing them because I think we've gaslit so many people. Like I hear over and over again, I shouldn't be mad about this. Or it's irrational to feel angry. And we do, we tell women if they're feeling, if they're expressing emotion in the workplace, they're being irrational. Well, no, it's totally rational. If you're being asked to work 60 hours a week and having no support, it's irrational to be, it's not irrational to be angry about that. It is totally rational to be angry when you're being taken advantage of. And I think that part of taking our own power back is to recognize that those emotions totally telling us something. For sure. That's great. So I think this is a great idea to, I like what you're saying about, okay, let's look, let's get some clarity about what is it that's going on? How can I dig deeper to know what it is that would bring me more happiness and fulfillment? And then I like the idea of reaching out because as we reach out, we get to um, learn from people. I mean, there's so many people out there that know things we don't know and they have the pieces we need, but sometimes we think I've got to do it all myself, you know, the DIYers, (laughs) it's like, or DIYers. Yeah. So I think, um, at the very least, I love like, enjoy a good book that'll help you expand your mind or a good podcast. And then, you know, there's always getting a coach. So Becca, I know you do coaching. I also coach. So if people are looking for someone and they really resonated with what you have to say, we can also put in our show notes, we're going to put in the clarity journal and then also a way to contact you in case they're interested in working with you. 
And um, I think that's awesome. These have been really great points to share. Um, before you go, we really want to hear an oops moment from you, Becca. Do you have something juicy to share with us today? <laughs> it's like ripped out of today's headlines. <laughs> um, oh, awesome. I think a recent one. <laughs> like, so this back to school has not gone as smoothly as I would like it to have gone. Uh, There's just, it felt like at every turn, you know, we were talking about when the car breaks down, like feeling like the universe is making you slow down, but also I was feeling like the universe was really trying to screw me up, screw with me. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> you know, I, my oops moment really is just how overwhelmed I allowed myself to become like it's going to pass and being able to recognize it's going to pass and not getting stewed up and trying to control it. Because I think as a mom, we have so many balls in the air that we just feel like if we could control everything, it would feel better. And I think I got really stuck earlier this month in that trying to control things and make them better instead of just letting it going with let the flow, it, right? going with the flow and letting it all happen. Yeah. And I probably would have been a happier person if I hadn't really just gotten yeah. very I stuck think, in it. I think as women, we often want to fix it, right? We're just like, Oh, I need to make this go the way it should go. I got to fix this. And I've learned to just sit back and, and not always, but I'm learning to sit back and be like, okay, this person is choosing to do it in this way and that's okay. And, you know, just let them experience that. They already know, like, sometimes I want to like judge my husband for how he's interacting with the kids or, you know, like judge my children for how they're interacting with their teachers or not interacting with their teachers or whatever it is. And I just have to, you know, I can give my advice. I can support, I can say, I'm here for you. I, but I also need to let them learn and have their natural consequences. And so it, you know, it's a balancing act as mom. It's a balancing act. It's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. So, okay. Well, cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's, it's always nice to hear that everybody's human and we're all still learning and growing. And, and like you said, we all need growth. And so um, this would be a great place to start. If you are interested in the clarity journal, go ahead and click on the notes. Um, if you're interested in learning more about Becca and, and I don't even know if I said your last name, Ribbing, if you're interested in learning about Becca Ribbing uh, and working with her, um, you can look her up as well. And we'll have some notes there for you. But thank you so much, Becca, for being on today. It's been a joy to get to know you and to hear all of these awesome ideas of how to help us be more fulfilled in life and less overwhelmed. We all need more of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Are you ready to make forward movement in an area of your life, relationships, money, organization, health, or happiness? We want to help you get the results you've always wanted and the happiness that you are worthy of. And so we have started a movement to support you in making these positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools, and strong motivation to make it happen. 
And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a supportive, fun, three-month-long program where you will learn tools, techniques, and mindset shifts to move forward in your relationships and goals. In Arise Now, you will have the support to set and accomplish three personalized goals. You will receive 12 valuable one-hour live trainings. Enjoy daily accountability and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start arising and thriving now. Visit ariseandthrivelife.com today and register so that you can get all the support, training, and accountability to start arising and thriving in your life.